Hi, I'm Stacey Schumacher-Round, Editor-in-Chief of Hospitality Design Magazine with HD's What I've Learned podcast. Design duo Lisa Simeone and Gina Abdiri met while working at a firm in Chicago in the 90s and became fast friends. Realizing they had a similar vision and passion for design, they took a leap of faith, founding their own firm, Simeone Deary Design Group, in 2002. Their thoughtful approach can be seen at projects such as the Detroit Foundation Hotel and Hotel Kansas City, two historic buildings transformed in modern properties while retaining a strong sense of place. Named Hospitality Design Magazine's 2022 Design Firm of the Year, these two, now principals of KTGY Simeone Deary Design Group, after a recent merger with the architecture firm, show no sign of slowing down anytime soon. This episode of Hospitality Design's What I've Learned is brought to you by Durison. Forget what you know about the solid surface industry. Durison is a new generation company forging a new path crafted around what creative people want and how they work. Durison is here to give your ideas the support they deserve without the fuss. Whether it's as simple as a sink or your wildest design idea, we've got you covered. We're the creatives here to help you create. Sample our surfaces free today at Durison.com. So hi, I'm here with Lisa and Gina. Lisa and Gina, thanks so much for joining us here today. How are you? Great. Pleasure to be here. Yes, thank you for having us. Yes. Recovering from Vegas. Yes, aren't we all? <laughs> um, okay, so we always start at the beginning. So, Lisa, where did you grow up? Stacy, I grew up in Little Rhodey, Rhode Island. Ah. Uh-huh. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Were you always like a creative kid, into creative things, like art and whatnot? You know what? I, I always was. My mom loves to tell the story that... Um, I used to go to her as like a two or three year old and just be like, I need to do something with my hands, please like help me. And she would just not know what to do with me after a gazillion coloring books and, you know, um, toys. She just never knew what to do with me. So when I was, you know, old enough, she used to enroll me in crazy enough college fashion design courses. And there I'd be like this little 12 or 13 year old with these college kids on a Saturday afternoon in fashion design courses, because they just didn't know what to do with me. There really wasn't anything back in those, you know, Mm -hmm. early, late sixties, early seventies, um, you know, in these, in, in our little small town. And I, she just wanted to get me into something creative because she didn't know what to do. And so I always had a creativity in me, just never knew where to place it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll come back. But Gina, where did you grow up? I grew up in Troy, Michigan. It's about as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> it's so- like home of the it's home of the strip malls. <laughs> but it's by, by it's by Birmingham. It's right outside of Detroit. So um we would spend a lot of time when we were younger, um, kind of going to Detroit checking it out. Nice. And were you a creative kid as well? I was. Um, I grew up in a household where creativity wasn't exactly thought of as, I'm, I'm not in a bad way, just wasn't ever looked at as like something that you could do something with. Do you know what I mean? It was always like, oh, you look at my daughter. She's artsy fartsy, what my dad would always say. I don't know how deep you want to get into this, but um, I was extremely creative and I would, I 
would always be trying different avenues. So I would write poetry, which was I was terrible at. Um, I would read a lot. I would cook. I would. I taught myself how to cook really young. So cooking was a creative outlet for me for a while. Um, I would draw. You know, I was interested in a lot of stuff. Now the interesting thing is my mom was always redoing our house. Like she is the person I got the gene from, and she would be very all over the place. So I feel like somehow I got into interior design eventually because watching my mom kind of always be painting a wall another color. Lisa, were your parents creative in any way? What did they do? No, um, my dad was a teacher guidance counselor and my mom was the, um, the clerk of our town hall. She ran our town hall. So no, very kind of more, um, I, like Gina said, you know, more about this is a great thing as a hobby, but how are you ever going to make a living out of this? You know, no. So, <laughs> you know, our paths were always like, have fun doing this on the side, but always try to find a career that you can make some money at. Yeah. Well, you figure that out. So did you, yeah. uh, did you both go to school for design? Not at the beginning. No, I went to school. I started out um, I wanted to, I did want to go to school for design, but again, was kind of directed more towards the sciences because I was also very good in science and I was looking to um, get into um, um, more of psychology and sociology. And I did get my first degree in psychology. That's what I got my bachelor's degree in. And huh. I use it every single day. On me. <laughs> 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 it's helpful. Gina, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. I actually, well, I went to school and I enrolled in the interior design program. And at the time it was picking out finishes and putting boards together. And, you know, it was really about interior decorating and I didn't like it. So I got out and couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I got a business degree, um, a dual degree in marketing and general business, um, which I was honestly, if I tell you this, then I went and sold penny stocks for a while, <laughs> which I was also not good at it. Then I worked at the board of trade and I was an art clerk. And the whole time I kept thinking, I, I really wanted to do something creative. I really needed to find that thing. And uh, one of my friend's fathers was an architect. And one day he was showing us a, this kind of slideshow he put together of all the, these amazing buildings all over the world. And do you know when you get that feeling like, scared shitless but also super excited I got the feeling and I'm like okay this is this is the direction I want to go and then he kind of said interior design isn't what you think it is it's actually a science and it's a skill and it's you know it's as much part of architecture as as architecture so um that's what then I was sold did you have to go back to school then for that oh yeah yeah. Oh, we both, Lisa and I both, we both are second careers and we both went back to school for um, our design degrees. So we both get started later. I didn't really yeah. start my whole career until I was out of school. I was 28. Okay. We had a lot of time to make up for. Me too. There. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, do you think having a first career kind of helped you later on, you know, like having a business degree, having, you know, having these other degrees that you can pull in because obviously what you all do is, uh, you know, a ton of design, but it's also running company, managing people, you know, a lot of other aspects of what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. 
I, my business degree. Like, I mean, I, you have to go through accounting, you know, you have to go through economics and, you know, honestly, if you're not getting your MBA, it's just kind of a basic hitting everything basically. Right. But when Lisa and I start our business, I think if I wouldn't have had that background, I, I, I don't think I would have had the courage at times because, you know, when you're faced with a lot of, um, challenging things and you, every single thing that's challenging. I always kind of knew in the back of my mind that the business part really isn't. If you are, if you're organized and you have a great foundation um, and you start there, it takes away some of the anxiety and fear. So I'm, I'm very grateful for all the time I spent and all those boring classes. <laughs> they weren't boring. I'm kidding. Lisa, what about you? Yeah, I just think, you know, Stacey, any, um, any, just having a little bit more maturity going into the career, the design career, you know, it, there's a lot, you have to, you have to have a little bit of a thick skin, you know, when you're, you're putting your ideas on the table for somebody to judge, so to speak. And so I think, just going in there a little older, a little wiser, a little bit more seasoned and being able to understand yourself a little bit better, I think gave us a, a leg up right. for me, for me personally, anyway. So how did you two meet? Um, I moved to Chicago in 96. And I um, got a job at Marv Cooper Design. Marv Cooper was a brilliant restaurant designer here in Chicago. And Gina was this was this young kind of, Gina, were you just out of school at that point? Yeah, I was. Just out of school, like super creative whirlwind of an amazing designer. And I came in as her, as the, um, I was going to manage the department. And um, that's how we met. I got a job here. Yeah. My, we mo I moved from Chicago, from uh, Rhode Island to Chicago and stepped in the door. And I was like, I need to meet this woman. She was just like a whirling dervish of creativity, like crazy. And that's all I was. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of <laughs> crazy. That's not true, crazy. Gina. Well, I needed some direction. So yeah, it was interesting because Lisa and I liked each other right away. Like we, yeah. um, she was a mentor to me in many, many ways when we first started. And um, I, I mean, this is, oh, God, very long ago, Lisa, how long ago 96. was it? 96. Yeah. 97. So we're aging ourselves. But um, at that point, I was in an office with all men and it was fine because I learned so much from them. Um, and they were tough on me, which I liked because I, I needed that. But um, what I didn't realize is that uh, I didn't, wasn't standing up for myself. I was, you know, putting myself in a position where um, I wasn't asking for the right money that I should be paid. You know, I was just grateful to be there. So Lisa came in and um, besides us being really um, complimentary design wise, she really helped me kind of stand up for myself and learn my value. And we have really funny stories about that, that I don't necessarily know if I, I want them everywhere, but I'll just say <laughs> that when Lisa walked into there, <laughs> well, Lisa, can, I am not afraid. I just, I, I'll let Lisa tell a story if she wants. Um, but I, the first time I saw her, she was coming in the door and you were with your husband, but all I saw was this cool orange jacket 
that was like kind of princey, like the singer prince. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, please get the job. Please get the job. Because we had a bunch of people that were very serious. And she she did not disappoint. She was like the comedian of the office right away. (laughs) Yeah. Gina and I became fast friends and um, kind of cohorts in design. And uh, we, I don't think it, our dynamic has changed very much over the years. Would you say, Jean? No, I mean, I think it's grown up a lot. And of yeah. course, we have um, partnerships are so rewarding, but they are also very difficult. And I think we've become better friends through the difficulties because um, you have to you have to figure out, you know, who each other is and you have to figure out what it's like a, like a marriage. It truly is. Our money's entwined. Our lives are entwined. Um, you know how designers and creative people typically like really, re- really connect to what they do as part of their identity. So um, Lisa and I have only become, I think, really stronger business partners and very, very, uh, very good friends. Yeah. yeah. So how do you two work together? What's the, you know, who, where do you land? Like, what's each other's biggest strengths? You know, how do you kind of divvy up the workload, so to speak? Stace, at the beginning, we did almost everything together. Well, because when we started working together at that former firm, you know, Gina was kind of the designer and I was kind of bringing work in and managing the work. So when we started the company, we thought that's what that we kind of fell into those same roles, but we were getting a lot of work. So I was just coming in and be like, okay, Gina, this is what we got. And this is what we're going to do. See ya. But how we, how we work together, Stacy, to answer your question is um, at the beginning, we did do everything together. We, we worked on projects together and we learned through trial and error that that's probably not the best way to work together. So since then, because we are a little competitive, and we and have different, uh, uh, very different approaches. We end up in the same space in the end, but we're, we have different ways of thinking. Right. I think it's helped our success personally a lot. Yeah. I'm sure. So, so now we, we kind of divide projects. We're not on the same projects at all. We, we have our own clients that we've cultivated and there's projects, certain projects that Gina gravitates towards certain projects that I gravitate towards. And, um, some that just come to us because of schedule or how busy we are. And, but we do always check in with each mm-hmm. other and they're like, Jean, will you look at this? I really would love your eyes on this. Can, does this sound right to you? Can you add something to this and, and vice versa? So we're all, we, we share an office um, and we've had a lot of opportunities to have separate offices, but we've always come back to the fact that we like to sit together in the same room. That's cute. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So we let's go back. What made you decide to start your own firm? What was, you know, it takes a lot, right? To kind of yeah. like, we're going to do this. We're going off on our own. So what gave you that um, incentive to do it or that? Um, circumstance and opportunity came together. Yeah. I think that that is a, Gina, that is a perfect way to say it. Our boss, the Marv Cooper retired. And Gina and I had always kind of, you know, in the ladies room or in the stairway or walking to get coffee, we'd always said, 
wouldn't it be cool if we had our own firm? You know, our boss was started to become a little more bottom line driven and a little less about the creativity. And we lost a little bit of that passion along the way. Right. And that's the, that's what we all got into this for, you know? And so we thought that why does it have to be mutually exclusive? Like, why can't you make money and still be creative? And we talked about the kind of firm we would have if we did step out on our own, um, where we would have those two things and make a place that really nurtured creative people and, and left doors open for people to put big ideas on the table and not without any strings attached to them. And, you know, so it was kind of this thing where he retired and we looked at each other like, wait, wait, this, I, I, your story. This is where we differ. Your story is so right, go, Jean. <laughs> No, I love it because am I romanticizing? I, the oh story? my God. Yes. But I love it because all right, go ahead. What, no, what happened? We, they um, dissolved our division and I was so excited <laughs> right. I, this is what I was getting to. We looked at each other when he quit. And then you raised your hand and said, so can we leave now? <laughs> and Lisa's face was like, oh, my God. But I, we were just ready for it. And it was also after 9-11. And um, there was honestly, Stacey, I think like sometimes when you tell your past story, a lot of things that happen slowly seem like they happen in a day. Right. But Lisa's absolutely right in terms of conversations and thinking that way, but it kind of happened slower in my mind in terms of, okay, let's go to unemployment. Oh my God, this is the worst experience I've ever had. Let's not be on unemployment. This sucks. So I have a job. Let's share the job. And then we had another job and we just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Because if you do sit down and think about it too hard, you scare yourself because so we just did the work and we just kept putting the money back in the business. And Lisa really wanted, had a dream to go into hotels and um, I was right behind her. So, um, and one of Lisa's strengths is um, besides many others is um, she can, she can go out there and she is determined. And if she wants to do something, she's going to do it. And so <laughs> she found a really great hotel client right off the bat and there we, then we started. Yeah. And we never, I mean, like Gina said, Gina, that was really well put because you're right. We kind of just, it kind of built itself by one block at a time. We never looked too far ahead. Um, we never wrote the business plan. We never did the mission statement or the vision statement because I think we would have scared ourselves if mm -hmm. we did that. I think we just kept saying, okay, let's do this next job. Can we do this hotel? Yeah, we can do yeah. this. Let's do this. And we did get to a point when we, we, it's really interesting. I think it's our personalities that just drove us to be that way. Cause we did get to a point where we needed that business. We needed that mission and we needed that. We needed to go back and relook at our business in a different way. Cause once you get past a certain number of people, you become a business. You're responsible for a lot of other people and um, you have to run that business like a business with a plan. Right. So um, uh, we always say we learned everything the hard way, but I don't regret it because it, it's the only way to learn, I think, personally. I know Lisa probably doesn't feel that way, but. Oh, no. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I agree. What were the early days like? Like, where, did you have an office? Like, I remember one story I thought where you guys were like, 
working out of somebody else's office or did yes. I? That? Yeah. Oh, you did not make that up. <laughs> we started out of my spare room for about a hot five minutes. And then a friend of mine in my building said, Hey, someone helped me once. So I'm going to help you. I have a desk. Um, I'm going to, you guys can share it. It's in my office. So Gina sat on one side of this one desk and I sat on the other side of the desk and it was in the, um, under the L tracks, we, our conference room was, was the Starbucks two doors down. We had a client then that said, I'm subletting space on Michigan Avenue. You should sublet from me. And we, and Gina and I were like, we can't afford that. And it was four, it was like $400 a month to share a desk. And so we talked ourselves into it and split you talked me into it because I was like <laughs> I don't want to do that I don't want to work in there because I was so worried about working with a client in the same office but you were right so I mean we had a Michigan Avenue um, address because you saw an opportunity and we took it right off the bat and that helped a lot it did it gave started. us some credibility before we had the right to have the credibility you know when people saw that Michigan Avenue on our business card it was only the two of us sharing mm-hmm. a desk and then Little by little by little, we have the whole floor here yeah. on Michigan Avenue. So it's, it's, we started very humbly. You I know. think too, we start, we had some really good clients. We have one client, um, White Lodging that we worked with for years, but what they did for us is they put us in the boardroom immediately. So we watched a genius developer develop projects while we were doing the design with the architect. So that was huge. And then our first hotel, big hotel client was the Elysian. And that client let us be in every meeting, wanted us to be in every meeting also. So we got to watch the entire development of a hotel from the inside out, um, which was priceless. It was difficult, but it was, but that I feel like, and, and then another thing is just for the listeners out there who are starting their career, um, there's downturns that happen here or there. And one of the smartest things we ever did, but I will say not exactly, um, <laughs> glory, what do you call it, Lisa? Like, not like a literally glory story is that we went out and measured like 89 hotels for pips for a client during the recession. Um, each of us split up. And measured all these hotels. So we went into all these different hotel rooms. And at the time it was miserable, but now like looking back at it, it was incredibly awesome because it was like getting 10 years of site visits of all the things that could go wrong in two years. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like a masterclass. That yeah. It was, it was a masterclass. It, it was a masterclass too. And like seeing really crazy things in rooms, but, <laughs> sure. and I will say Stacy. Having you and hospitality design put us on the cover of a magazine early on in our career for the Elysium was one of the most amazing and um, growing experiences it for changed, our business. It changed a lot. So another talking about advice is, you know, having, having projects that um, get publication, being in that that arena to to you i mean having hospitality being recognized by hd was so huge early on in our career i mean that was a game changer for us we actually one of our clients john tish Mm -hmm. he brought us in to interview us because of the cover oh and and he's not that type 
person that regularly just like jumps on designers, new designers. He's very, very loyal, very mm-hmm. loyal. So, um, yeah. No, that's amazing. I still remember it. Like it was yesterday. It was one of my we do too. <laughs> we do too. Favorite covers that we ever did. Um, so I was going to ask you, what do you think was your big break? Or do you think it was a series of these little moments that kind of helped put you on the map? I think it's a series, but we have, we have moments that, and Lisa, you can obviously jump in here, but I, for me, there, there was a moment, um, we did a presentation at Universal and it just went really badly. Um, actually, um, John Tish brought us into the room cause he wanted us to do a, a hotel there. And, um, the, the creative director came in and he, um, it just, it was very, he's like, I don't know, Lisa, what would you say? It was just like, he was so horrified at the beginning of the presentation. He was giving us such a hard time that we just kind of were like, okay, wait, let's stop. And we started presenting to him in a way that was more conversational. And then he said, you know, there's moments of genius here, but whatever, you guys aren't ready for this hotel, but you know, Hey, if you are interested and you want to come back, try again. So we tried again, put together another presentation, still didn't get the hotel, but he said, I really think I want to work with you guys. I need to work with you. I'll call you someday. Right. Mm-hmm. And we said, oh, yeah, whatever. He's not going to call us. And he called me in the Thanksgiving. He said, how would you like to be the restaurant designer of um, Universal City, City, City Walk? I'm like, what? You mean like a restaurant? He's like, no, the restaurants. So all that. So we got like nine restaurants. Oh, wow. I know. So I don't tell the story as well as Lisa does because I was actually presenting. So I still have during the presentation. So I'm, I still have a little bit of like, I don't remember. I just remember he looked at the cover of the presentation and said, what the hell? So (laughs) I, I think the, I think for me and Jean, and we, we talk about this a lot. We, I mean, things like the cover and, Mm -hmm. you know, getting some of those great jobs have been wonderful for us, but it seems like through our career, Stacy, we we seem to have to make those breaks for ourselves. And I don't know if other people say that a lot, but we don't we don't seem to get a lot of things that just get dropped in our lap for right. some reason. We we work really really hard. We make we make those mistakes. We fall down a lot. And we, clients for a long time, right, Lise? Like, I yeah, mean, that, that's really helpful too. That we have really long standing clients, but we work very hard, hard to maintain mm-hmm. those clients and to they they become part of our, our, I don't want to say family because that sounds so trite, but we're, we're very, we're very passionate about what we do for them. And we think about them beyond the project at hand, you yeah. know? So if we're thinking about once the project's finished, if we see an article or if they're, if some, if they get an accolade, like it can, our relationship with them continues after the project goes on. And, you know, it just, it's, it's, it goes beyond the, the design, you know, for Gina and I, what we do here and what we cultivate here with our, with our designers, with our teams, with our clients, it's, it's, it's our, it's a life. It's like our life. It's not just, it's a collaborate. It's a just, it's a really a real collaboration. Yeah. It's awesome. Is there one project that you are most proud of? I mean, I know it's hard to pick. It's like your favorite child, but yeah. um, is there one that, you know, kind of sticks with you? It's really hard to say, you know, I, I, there's something so, um, 
something about all of them that we do. I, I think I always go back to, to the Elysium because it was the first one where a client believed in us enough to take their hands off the wheel and just say, I don't care what's going on in the industry. I don't care what anybody else says we have to do. I'm going to let you guys do what you think is right. And I just going to give you a few words. And even if people come in and say, you shouldn't be doing this because that's not what, what a five-star luxury should do. I'm, I don't care. I'm just going to let you guys do it. And it was kind of a turning point, kind of a put, put us on the map kind of a project in that way. And so ever since then, it, it kind of gave us confidence to say, we don't have to look to the right or the left to see what anybody else is doing. We're going to do what we think is the right thing to do. It yeah. kind of gives you confidence in that way. Yeah, sure. Gina, anything to add? I, I think for me, um, if I had a project, it would, it would be the foundation in um, Detroit. And it's kind of a tie between that and the Tucson Savory Feast Emporium. It's a big, a lot of words, but um, I, I would stick with Detroit because I love repurposed projects. We have a lot of them under our belt. They're, they're my favorite because it's about history, but also bringing it forward and making it something new. And Detroit was just so challenging because um, I felt so much responsibility because I'm from the area and I understood the troubles of the city and wanted to be part of the, um, the, re- the Renaissance and did, wanted to do it right and knew that there is a very interesting, fascinating, um, creative industry in Detroit. What, when you're designing a project, what is the part that you guys like the most? Um, you know what, Stacey? I, I do like the beginning of the project the most. I do enjoy that very first, like when you're starting to meet with the client and we're talking about what the project could be and then... Uh, the kickoff meeting, you're meeting with the team and you're not quite sure where it's going to go and you start concepting. I think that concept to through schematic is really exciting for me and, and presenting those first, those first two or three presentations to the client where you're super excited to show them where you've taken their project. Yeah. I love those first few presentations to the client. That's really exciting for me. Awesome. Gina, Gina do you feel the same way? I do. I mean, I, um, I think that's always been a strong point um, for both Lisa and I. Uh, the concepting piece, the storytelling, the whatever narrative. Um, but I will say that I think it's so important that design is produced the way the concept is initially thought of. So we have a tendency in our industry to say people like creatives and then people are producers or people are, you know, the visionary and then we have the support, but it isn't like that. I mean, it takes just, you can have a great idea, but that idea, if you don't have someone that can actually make it happen, it's never going to happen. So I love watching people um, in the office take an idea And I love watching them turn it into a reality because honestly, that is the hardest part. We could all come up with a bunch of great ideas, but if they're not, um, if they're not implemented correctly, then what does that mean? And I think it's time in our industry that we start recognizing 
not just the joy of the creation, but some of these amazing people. And that's when the artists come in, you know, that's when the details come in, um, you know, enjoying, enjoying what they can bring to the project too. So I have a lot of joy in the process too. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point because, you know, if you just had people creating great ideas, like you just have a bunch of ideas on paper, right? But it's really the talent of, you know, the entire team, people on your team, the architects, Mm -hmm. the contractors, the builders to create these things that can stand the test of time, right? So um, I think it's really interesting. Speaking of other things in the industry, what what are some of your biggest challenges today? Um, What keeps you up at night? what doesn't? I mean, I know I always say things very boldly like that, but it's just everything does. Um, I mean, obviously we have a talent and, and pool of talent. It's a good thing to have that we have so much work and we have you know, so much things to offer. A, a supply of people that were actually suffering pretty greatly in the last couple of years. So, um, but that's always extremely challenging because I'm feeling, and I'm not sure I'd love to ask you the question, Stacey, if you're noticing that the hospitality market is on fire, like we're getting calls and it isn't like small jobs. It's these gigantic jobs that are so exciting, but you know, you need people to do them. So I worry a lot that we were, um, that how do we get the right people and get them trained in time and not overwork people? Cause that's the last thing we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stress about that a lot. Yeah. I Stace, I also worry about, you know, I get tired of hearing the word supply chain, but I do worry about how that's going to resolve, you know, yeah. how, where are we going to get our next, like, maker where are our good our makers going to come from in the future you know we can't just keep relying on the same supply chain over and over and over again we have to kind of find a way to fix it from the root instead of just saying okay when this is going to straighten out eventually or will you know the 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 works will unkink eventually like can we find what keeps me up at night is thinking about trying to find better ways to to do what we're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. In, in a- yeah, and then asking ourselves a question of like, okay, everybody wants everything from China or because it's it less expensive, but why is it less expensive? Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like there's a reason why it's less expensive. And, you know, so getting more stuff. I agree with you, Lisa, trying to get more stuff here. Like you can go to Etsy and see some amazing people, but they might not be able to handle a job that has, you know, 500 beds or 500 tables. So you're right. We have to kind of just think about how we can change the, I don't know, change the model model, Stace. Like how do we do that as a, as a whole, you know, industry? our industry is evolutionary and we, and we are trying to, not that we're trend makers or setters, but we are watchers of human nature and trying to support what guests are want. And so, you know, we want them to be comfortable in spaces and be wanting to be in the places and be awe inspired and, excited to be in the spaces that we're designing. So what does that look like as we are, we just are coming out of 
an unprecedented era in human history. So what does that look like now for a hotel guest? We get asked this question all the time, you know, so we think we know, and we're starting to see people come out in droves, you know, that that's like an elastic band. That's just Mm -hmm. kind of like a coming and going. So, you know, expanding and contracting, but what does that really look like? You know, and that's something that we're trying to constantly look for. And how much has changed and how much has, yeah. you know, right. like in the end, yeah. are we all just creatures of comfort and go back exactly. to the things that we like, but, but how has the last two years changed you two as leaders, as business women, you know, especially running a company? I, I, for me personally, I've had to be much more open-minded and tolerant to, um, to, other people's needs and wants, you know, as a business person, as running a company, sometimes you have to make rules and boxes. And because you're like, well, we can't do that. If we're going to do it for one person, we can't, you know, we, we can't do that. We have to kind of keep the toe the line. But this pandemic has kind of cracked that a little bit. And now we're kind of like, okay, I can't do that anymore. I can't do the formula. We've proven the formula doesn't can be changed and we have to be open to letting people work from home, letting people do this, letting, or else we're going, we have to change. Seen anything to add? Mine was, mine was more and still is more, you know, during COVID there was so many failures. Um, and they're not, they're not really failures actually, because, but it would be, you know, one after the other of, um, disappointment, 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 you know, having to lay people off, struggling to keep the doors open. Uh, you know, everything was so hard. Every job we were up for, there was like 13 really awesome designers that I would love to be in the same room with going for the same job. So, you know, you would be losing jobs and for the strangest reasons, it wasn't even because you weren't qualified. It was because somebody knew somebody and they were friends. They needed some help during this whole thing. So um, I learned that, that you, you've just got to work through those failures and you cannot let them bring you down and that you cannot let them define you. You have to, um, as someone told me recently, and I think I said it is sit in your misery. You have to understand why it didn't work out and hopefully change it in the future, but don't let it kill your spirit because you need that energy to move forward. And it's not really helping you to, you know, be a perfectionist or try to win everything. And, you know, that's how you kind of feel as a business owner, because you're always trying to keep your business going. But it just, I think it just stopped me and made me think it's okay to make mistakes. And it's okay to not succeeded every single thing I do, that the failures are learning experiences and um, I need to be okay with it. And I need to be okay with it with my staff too. So Gina, you mentioned um, that you're now part of KTGY. How did that merger with them come about and why did you think it was the right time for your all firm? Well, they approached, oh, so they approached us um, um, before the, the pandemic. And to be honest, at first we um, they, we knew that they were looking for an interior design company and 
um, they, we looked at their website and like, well, they're, um, our architects and they want an interiors, but we don't really do what they do. So honestly, the first meeting was like, we both went in and said, well, we'll just see what's going on. We ended up loving the CEO and the, um, the COO so much. Like they, we just had so much in common with them. And we realized that we were as Simeone Deary, you know, we were in hospitality and, you know, we, we needed, we wanted to grow. And we know how hard it is to grow in a new market. And they were offering us an opportunity to not only grow in a new market, but to be able to offer architecture and so and be able to help us grow our branding um, company. And what happened is that they supported, they gave us the same deal that they did. They offered us before the pandemic, during the pandemic. So it was very cool and it's not easy right now because there's, you know, it's like starting a whole new company. Um, but, um, Lisa and I are, um, I don't want to say we're opportunists because that's not really true. Um, we are, we just see a ton of opportunity with this, this merger and we're learning a ton and they're very supportive in everything we do. And it's us now, not them and us, but, um, like I said, Lisa's on the board, um, which is really cool. I'm doing a class, which is really cool. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> no, it's, okay. I'm learning so much. I love it. It's like right up my alley. I'm like, Lisa, you're it's not for you, but I, but she, but she's awesome. So she's helping change from above, you know? So it's Lisa, I, what do you, do you want to add anything to that? Cause I'm I think you said it beautifully. It, it's beautiful. And I think also Stacy, you know, Gina and I also realized that the hospitality industry can be very bumpy and a little cyclical in terms of the highs and lows that we realized, you know, every time there's um, a bump in the market, our hospitality industry is very uh, compromised. And so, you know, that translates to our, our staff and our, our cash flow. Yep. So with that diversification of typographies and, you know, that's really we always thought would help us to even out, you know, Mm -hmm. our, our, our firm as a whole, our platform, and it's going to, it gives our, the rest of our firm more growth potential. You know, their offices are across the United States, more, you know, more places to spread to if they want to move to other locations. So we just kept seeing win, win, win. And with our cultures being so similar with putting our people first, that's what they always lead with their people first as that's what, what we do. And they really do. You know, they really, really do. I think that that above all was just like, how could we, if we're going to do this, this is the best group for us to do this with. It just, the more we talk, the more we realize this, this is what we, this, this is the right thing for us. And the CEO is a woman as well, right? Yeah. She's yeah. and she is. She's, she's amazing. You know, she walks into a room. We had this discussion. We were on the panel of, you know, um, men versus women. Um, but she walked into the room and she was a hundred percent open. Like there was, she didn't hide anything. If there was something to say that was bad about, or not bad, maybe that didn't work so great in her company. She said it immediately. Like very open, very um, very respected. Uh, very, Oh my God. She's very smart. Like she definitely leads with that emotional IQ thing we talked about, um, which she just, she leads with her heart, which I, I admire. And she takes a lot of really calculated risks. 
which I also admire. And on the board with Lisa, there's also another woman. So they really understand the value of the dual, you know, having men and women in the workplace together is really important. Um, So, and she pushes that, that management style down really hard. Um, And she pushes it down on a lot of people that don't want to change. And I love watching it. Yeah. Because they eventually, I like become her biggest fans. Yeah. (laughs) She's very, very well respected. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's yeah. nice too to continue that culture mm-hmm. that you of all bred and, you know, instilled in your team. How big was your team before them? Or I guess, how big is your team now? We are 43, Gina, 44. We're, we're 45. Um, and before COVID, we were 60. Yeah. Yep. And, and 60 was a struggle spot. I mean, definitely Lisa and I were at a point where we're like, like every I don't know, Lisa, what was it? Every like 15 people you add, you get to a point where, oh, shoot, like, how do we lead this group of people? Because there's, it's, it's not easy. Like the whole dynamics change. So right before COVID, I remember walking out and being like, we have like a perfectly constructed team for the first time. Then the next day it was like, poof. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But we're actively mm. seeking now, Stacy. We're we're trying to grow the group again. Okay. Well, that's yeah. awesome. I mean, it's also yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Sixty is a there's that line right between being too big, having mm-hmm. to take on too many projects, and being that right yep. number, so you have that right mix. Yeah. But yep. now we have uh, this huge pool of people. So you know, I um, I think we, it'll be different we're not now. just yeah, we're not just forty five people. Actually, I'm working, you know, on teams with other people from different offices. And we, you know, our, our teams, we have a much bigger pool to pull from when we need um, expertise, when we need a partner, when we need help, or we need um, an architect on the project that we don't have enough in our office to hit it, you know? Like, right. So it isn't really 45 anymore. It's 445. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> yes, it is. It's huge. Absolutely. <laughs> did you guys stay in your offices or did you move in with them? No, we, we stayed here in okay. our offices. Oh, great. Yeah, you have such beautiful offices. Thank you. Um, and it's 20 years. You guys started in 2002. That's right. This is our 20th anniversary, Stacy. I know. I started when I was eight years old. <laughs> I'm such a young executive. 28. <laughs> We're so proud of you. <laughs> I mean, looking back, would you ever thought what you would all, looking back, would you have thought that you would have created this? No way. No. Mm-mm. Nope. No. <laughs> Got it. All right. Let's do a lightning round. You ready? Okay. okay. Oh, no, I don't know. Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How many hotels have you designed since 2002? Seriously? Oh, let's just pull one out. 3,745. <laughs> <No. laughs> I'd say a lot. 200 Ooh, and 50. Okay. Number of projects you opened in 2021? Nine? Uh, uh, 11. 11? Yep. Seriously? Mm-hmm. What am I missing? We opened so many projects during We opened 11. I'm missing. Yeah, I'm missing. Okay, sorry. Lisa, you better answer these lightning round questions. Okay. Because <laughs> I obviously don't know anything about our company. <laughs> you can answer this one, Dina. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? <gasps> 
well, my uncle told me when I was 12 that I should, if I can cheat, I should cheat. I don't <laughs> think that was the good advice that I, I didn't take that one. I tried it once and I got caught and it was on that. Well, what did you talk about? Um, a, a chemist, a physics test, huh? which I needed to cheat just to be in the room. Let's you know, we <laughs> always, we always say, don't let the highs get too yeah. high and the lows get too low. I think that, and I guess the biggest advice is going back and, you know, be you like you have to be you like even when I do a talk to people about creativity I'm like and they're like what inspires you I'm like well it's not about what inspires me it's about what inspires you so really you know pay attention to those details that come up in your life that make you feel something because those are your inspirational posts I go with that too yeah and I that's like that's advice I've you know kind of gotten through I'd say maybe not a person but more through like reading stuff from David Lynch or, you know, like reading things about unique creative people in the world. Like I've really picked that up from them. Kind of along the same line, what has been your most memorable hospitality experience? Something you saw that changed you or inspired you? doesn't have to be one of your own. Oh, Oh my God. I think one, I think the first time I went to the HD show in Vegas, I'll take that. How, when was the first year you guys did the HD show, Stacy? Oh, the first year was 93. 93? Yeah. It was supposed to be in 92, but the LA riots canceled it because it was supposed to be in LA to start. So, oh my God. I think I went in 99 for the first time. And it was the first time I had been to Vegas. Well, I think go. I was, my head blew open. Like, I just think that was one of my biggest hospitality experience. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Describe your personal style. I think mine's vintage, personal, very personal. I don't know. I don't really, I I think I grab and pull things that I find unique that somehow have this little vintagey feel to them. Um, And my house is the same way. There's lots of art, lots of books, lots of um, interesting things I find. Okay. Uh, I would say I'm more fashion forward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> okay. That's mean. No, I'm sorry. I tell her this all the time. Like she's always the coolest dressed person in the room. Yeah. Always. Aww. And I just um, love, I just love it. I'm not doing mm-hmm. it for anything else, but just cause I love it. At least why didn't, your stores. why didn't you go into fashion design though? I, I, have I asked you that question? No. I don't know. I just, it never went that way. I yeah, wanted all to. those classes. Yeah. I, I wanted like, to. It didn't ring a bell just, anywhere. No, I just never thought again, just never thought I could make some, make a career out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, best part of the job. Ooh. Teaching people, mentoring yeah, people. I think mm-hmm. coming into work and the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, it's the team. Watching it's, the light you know, bulb go off. Yeah. When, uh, I don't giving. So I feel like that's how you kind of, you, you can feel it. Like you're, you are, you have a purpose, you know, if, if you have a pur- purpose, everything's good. So our yeah. purpose is to, to, you know, teach people what we know and learn from them too, at the same time. It's, 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 um, it's giving over that passion mm-hmm. to, to somebody else. Um, what's on your desk? Um, hospitality design magazine <laughs> <laughs> and a giant cup of coffee. I have stacks of magazines and coffee always. Well, I can I'm, see my blue coat is at my desk. Yep. <laughs> and all, and my phone and a notebook. Oh, that's yeah. my, that's my gig. 
And Gina's blue coat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then what has been your, there's two questions. There's this one and there's your greatest lesson learned. So kind of different, but your secret to success. What do you think either like a combined one or what do you think has helped you ladies get to where you are today? Courage. That doesn't mean we're not afraid a lot. It just means we face our fears. I, I also think that Gina and I really had a vision for who we are and who we wanted to be, Stacy. And I think that we never really wavered from that. We, we, we never looked around and said, everybody else is doing this. We really need to keep up with this firm or keep up with that firm. And we, we just put our heads down and really forged our, the path that we felt was right for us. And we never, ever wavered from it, okay. ever. Which is easier said than done, right? It really is. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's so many great firms out there. And there's, there's this tendency to be a little jealous, if you will, and say, oh, my God, they're so good. I want to emulate that. Or I wish I could be like that. But we really, we, we admire them. But we put our heads down and said, this is who we are. And we're going to just be us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then oh, one more before the last one. Um, yeah. What has been the best compliment you've ever received? I don't know how much to say. The best compliment I ever um, got was usually they're from Lisa. And, yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the biggest compliment someone told me I was wicked smart the other day, which I love that. Who doesn't Ooh, love that? Right. Yeah. I, I think um, I've been called a badass before and fierce. And I, I hang on to those compliments yes, because thank you. Yeah. I, I'll I'll take those. She is a badass. You are a badass. Thank you. So we always end the podcast, even though I don't want to end it, um, with the title of the podcast. So what has been your greatest lesson or lessons learned along the way? Um, I would say my greatest lesson is something that Gina alluded to a little earlier, which is to really be yourself, to find as quickly as you can in this industry to find your voice and be that voice to stick with that voice, finding your maintaining, you know, a professionalism and uh, this, this inner design voice and staying with it, cultivating it, um, learning who that voice is and what that means to you. That is the biggest lesson for me. It took me a real, I found it very late in my design career, but um, I'm glad I found it. And it really means a lot to actually know who you are as a designer yeah. and um, a person. Yeah. And a person it's a, it's, mm-hmm. it's really a lesson that I cherish. Awesome. Gina, anything to add? Yes. I, my biggest lesson learned that I've, I've always kind of, is that everything to me is a learning experience. So no matter what happens, whether you're doing a job that maybe is extremely difficult or you're in a difficult situation or you, you know, fall on your face at a four minute presentation, um, it's a learning experience. Like I learn from it. So I think my, um, that that's just kind of how I've found my way to how I get through things by just telling myself that how I make the next steps and, um, 
and, and, and that it works because I'm older. I'm in my fifties and I'm telling you it works. You sit down and do the work. That's the only way you're going to be good at what you do. There isn't a shortcut. There isn't a, a title change. That's going to change you as a person. The only person that's going to change you is you and you have to do the work to get there. So spend your life having an end game. That's really idealistic. Like I just want to learn as much as I can, you know, or I, I want to keep learning because it's actually will get you to where you want to go. Amazing. Well, thank you ladies so much for taking the time to chat with me today. It's been such a pleasure as always. Thanks, Stacy. This episode of Hospitality Designs What I've Learned was brought to you by Durison. You can learn more about them at durison.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find full episodes and transcripts and images at hospitalitydesign.com.